Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at C3CityLight.com or on social media at C3 City Light. We're starting a new series, and I'm excited. It's going to be for four weeks, but I'm going to stretch it out to five weeks because one of my mentors is coming in town all the way from Dallas, Texas. He's coming in on March the 22nd. And so if you're um, dealing with any type of sickness or any type of anxiety or depression or weariness or anything like that, this is a Sunday that you don't want to miss. And if you've got anybody like your close kin or your loved ones or your coworkers, they've been struggling maybe with some chronic pain, this is the Sunday you want to be here. I asked my mentor, Pastor Dustin. He's the reason I got connected with C3. I was. Um, that's another story for another day. But I asked him, say, hey, what do you want to preach on? You don't have to do friend of sinners. What we're doing, what would you like to preach? And he's like, man, I feel like I need to just go pray for some sick people and teach some practical things on healing that the Bible says about how to pray and how to receive healing. Well, cool. Sign us up for two of them. Come on in. And so anyway, that's March 22nd. He'll be here. Put that on your calendar. Go ahead and just start thinking about and prayerfully consider some people you can invite. Like, oh, man, they've really been struggling with cancer. They've really been struggling with this chronic cough that will never go away. This is, this, that's the Sunday you want to bring them. Amen? Awesome. So we're talking today about Friend of Sinners. This is a book I recently read, and the name of the book is called Friend of Sinners. And so I was like, let's preach a series off of this book. It's such a profound book. It's such a profound idea. Out of all the things that Jesus could be known for, what was he known for? He was a good teacher. He was a rabbi. He was this. He was that. But you know what he was most known for and recognized the most as? Jesus was a friend of sinners. What a great reputation, Jesus. Way to go, man. Your father in heaven must be really proud. Yeah, he probably was, man. Jesus was a friend of sinners. And so we're going to look through the next couple weeks looking at this. Today, we're talking about fast pass. It's fast pass. It'll make sense at the end. Just go with me. But if you're taking notes, fast pass. Have you ever been skipped in line before? Or if you're anything remotely close to me, that just makes your blood boil. Right? Oh, oh, how dare they? And, you know, I feel like the devil a lot of times uses things like that to just get me, right? Just, ah, mess with me and tempt me. But I noticed there's some hot spots around town. Just where there's a lot of demonic activity around Raleigh. Typically for me, there's a couple of them, but one I'll share 440, I-440, heading east, the, uh, the Capitol Boulevard exit. The devil resides there. <laughs> it's about like a good three and a half mile stretch to get over in that exit only lane, right? I mean, that's a, I would say ample time. I would, like three and a half miles, or excuse me, three quarters of a mile. That's ample time to merge and to get over. Zipper. That's what I shout in the car. Zipper! Just zipper! You're nothing like that. Y'all are full of grace and mercy all the days of your life. That's awesome. Congrats. I'm not. I'm not. And I have these moments, especially at that place, where I'm just like, yo, I've been in line where I'm supposed to be for three quarters of a mile. I've been in the right lane, patiently waiting, 
bumper to bumper in front of the other car so I don't let anyone in. I'm just saying that this, this confession is good for the soul, man. That's how I do it because I'm like, I've been in line for three quarters of a mile. You waited to the last hundred yards or the last hundred feet, Raleigh. No, you're not getting over. Justice. And I just get real close. And they'll beep and the blinker and, and just, nah, man, nah, cones, stone cold, baby, stone cold. Ain't looking over. Just, all right, you're full of more grace than me. And you're like, oh, let me just write this way. I know you're not a responsible driver like me, and you didn't get over with ample time, but hey, God bless you. Right this way, I've got a Jesus fish on my car. I don't, for that very reason. <laughs> if I had a G, I wouldn't have a Jesus fish. I would have like the Ten Commandments. And I want grace. I want a whole bunch of grace because sometimes I speed. But as far as giving it, yo, you saw the exit sign a mile ago just like everybody else. Get over but it happens inevitably every time I'm on that road trying to exit. Somebody will wait till the end and just zip over. And then you've got to be, okay, let me pump my brakes because I don't want to get in the wreck. All right, get over. Ah. But it happens. Why is that? On, on this side of the law, you know, when we're not doing anything wrong and we're like actually paying attention and focus and all right, I'm in the right place. We want justice. We demand Justice League now. Somebody send Captain America over to 440 and straighten them out. We want it. But when we're the ones that are having a bad day that woke up a little bit late, that, are, that our minds are like just complex with the intricacies of life and problems and things, oh, I forgot to get over. Excuse me. Then we want mercy and grace oh, come on, somebody, I really don't want to have to turn around and go to that exit and double back. Somebody, please just let me over. I got my blinker on. Then we want grace, right? And there's this tension between mercy and grace and justice. Like, there's just this tension. But you know what? We all live in that place of, like, it just bothers us. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. Here's the thing, though. We aren't so justed minded when it comes to ourselves. But when it comes to others, you better believe it every single time. We want justice. And the Bible says a lot about that. If you've got your Bible, turn with me to Luke 19. We're going to pick up right at the beginning. Luke 19, verse 1. This is one of my favorite stories to read and sing to Charlotte before bedtime. But I'm going to tell you, man, there's a whole lot of grace wrapped up in the next 12 verses. Here we go. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore tree sycamore fig tree besides the road and Jesus beside the road that Jesus was going to pass that way verse 5 when Jesus came by he looked at Zacchaeus and he called him by name Zacchaeus well I guess he was up here Zacchaeus quick come down I must be a guest in your home today Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy but the people were displeased 
He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner? They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, if, if I've cheated any people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to his home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who were lost. This is a powerful story. If you can get past the nursery rhyme that gets stuck in your head, if you're anything like me, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about in that song? He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as in all the motions, man, and, and so that almost, it's cool because when we come up with cool songs like that and we hand it to the next generations, we put truth, we put handles on this truth that God's full of grace. And Jesus stopped what he was doing. So it's powerful. But if you're not careful, sometimes you can just dumb this story down to a little nursery rhyme that we teach our kids. And it's powerful. There's this exchange. There's this interaction of grace and transformation. I mean, so let's just unpack that a little bit. I got three points. Three points today. That was the closure. All right. So three points today. I'm working on counting. And point number one, if you're taking notes. Zacchaeus was determined to see Jesus. And there's a couple of things contextually that we've got to unpack and we've got to kind of just get our head around so that we can fully appreciate why people hated Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, you're short. No problem. There's short people all, all, all day, every day, right? Well, why don't you just edge your way to the front of the line? Well, because everyone in that line hated him. He was not going to get a fast pass. He just, they hated him. Why did they hate him? I'll tell you why. Because Israel, Jerusalem, this city in Israel, they were controlled by a Roman empire. And the way the, Roman, the Romans did it, they were in charge, but then they put Jews, they put Israelites to oversee. So here's Zacchaeus, who's a Jew, and his job is to collect taxes. And the way it worked out with the Roman government, look, this is the cut we want. So get that. You better get that. But if you want to get more for your trouble because you're in charge, go right ahead. So basically, he's been given a license to pad his pockets. But he's not just doing it from his enemies. He's doing it from his kinsmen. He's doing it from his cousins and his family and people that share the same blood and the same covenant and the same, we're the children of God. And he's getting rich because, come on, it said... Uh, verse 2, he was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. How? By extorting money from his loved ones. Right? Okay, so now we understand why short little Zacchaeus, oh, pobrecito, oh, poor little Zacchaeus is so short. Let's just let him go to the front of the line. He wants to see the Lord. No. Little jerk, little mean Zacchaeus, stealing our money that we slaved over and we worked hard for and we sweated for. No, his pockets might be full, but he's staying at the back of the line because his pockets are full with my money. So Zacchaeus won't get in any grace, all right, that he was hated and despised. But in spite of that, Zacchaeus was determined to see Jesus. But we got to get the story straight. Zacchaeus was not a good guy. Like he wasn't. What he was doing was wrong. Even though it was legal, it was still wrong. It was wrong. But in spite of all of that, 
in spite of being a crook and in spite of extorting money from his own people, he was determined to see Jesus. And I love the fact that even though he didn't deserve to see Jesus, that didn't affect Jesus' response. I'm so glad that grace is not merit-based. It's just not. So Zacchaeus is determined to see Jesus. He climbs up in a tree. And I just wonder, like, what motivated him to just climb up in a tree? Maybe this man's got the answers I've been looking for. Maybe this man can bring some hope because I'm so lonely that no one wants to associate with me. I've ostracized myself from all of my people and all of my friends because, but I'm rich. I'm wealthy. I've got the good life. I've got everything. It's a champagne dream and caviar wishes. He's living it. But deep down, he had a desire to see Jesus. And I wonder how many people in our life share that same sentiment. Deep down, no matter, like past the exterior, past the language, past the addictions, past the habits, past all of that. I wonder how many people in our lives deep down have a desire to see Jesus. You know what gets in the way of that deep desire to see Jesus? Religious people. Self-righteousness. Well, hey, I've got it all put together, pal. I've been in the right lane, the proper exit-only lane, for the last three quarters of a mile. I've got it together. You're not getting in. Bye-bye. People like me on the highway, that's who keep people from seeing, like, seeing Jesus. Oh, how dare you come to our church. <laughs> you reek of marijuana. How dare you walk in the C3 city light, right? Like, we'll, we'll get all ha. Because that's not our issue. But make no mistake about it, we all got issues. And we all came to Jesus the same way, desperate, climbing up in a tree. I'll do whatever I got to do. I just got to see the Lord. Is it as good as they said? Is he as loving as they said? Can I receive forgiveness like they said? And we'll do whatever it takes to see. We all come to Jesus the same way. But I just wonder sometimes if we're the very people that are just like that crowd keeping Zacchaeus from seeing Jesus. You know what I mean? And this isn't to beat us up. It's just to put it on our radar. I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to be part of the crowd making it difficult for others to see Jesus. I mean, come on, how many people in our lives where we work, play, study, live, how many people feel just like Zacchaeus, short, insecure, there's no way God could love me. You don't know what I've done. Man, there's no way. I'm on my fifth marriage. There's no way God could just turn my marriage life around. There's no way. I feel inadequate. There's no way God could love me and know my name. There's no way that God could forgive me. I can't even forgive myself. How many people that we bump shoulders with every single day feel like they don't measure up just like Zacchaeus? I bet it's a lot. I don't have a percentage, but I bet it's just about everybody. Oh, well, that Jesus thing worked for you, but you don't know where I came from. No, the truth is, is that God loves every single one of us. And when we live in a posture of humility, look, I don't have all the answers. I'm just trying. I don't have all the answers. I just know that if Jesus did it for me, he can do it for you. And when we live our lives in a posture of humility and camaraderie, 
hey, we're a family. We're all just trying to figure it out together. We're all just trying to help each other follow Jesus more. And there's plenty room at the table for anybody that's not perfect. If you're perfect, stay over there because we're all imperfect over here. We all need a whole truckload of grace every single day over here, right? But it's that posture of humility and camaraderie that people can see Jesus through. Sorry, so we got that going on. We see that Zacchaeus was determined to see Jesus. And it wasn't self-righteousness and self-centeredness that helped reveal Jesus. It was humility from Jesus himself. All right, point number two. Zacchaeus lost it for Jesus. He lost it. Whatever cool points he had, and I think he was a chief tax collector and he was he was a rich man. So I'm sure he had some cool points. I'm sure he had like the Louis Vuitton robe in that day. And I'm sure he had like a Cadillac donkey or whatever. Like I'm sure he was like pretty balling out. Like he's pretty swagged up for the for the industry standard of cool in that time period. I'm sure he was probably at the top. But whatever cool points he had accrued in his balance, he lost every single one of them when he said, hold my beer, watch this, I'm climbing up in this sycamore tree. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Zacchaeus, you're a grown man. You're doing what little four-year-olds do. You just climbed up in a tree. Let me put my briefcase down. Let me put this down in my tunic. And here we go. Let me climb up in this tree. He lost whatever dignity he had. He lost it when he did whatever it took to climb up in that tree. I know you don't understand. I'm going through something right now. I'll do whatever it takes to not miss Jesus. And if that means I got to climb up in a, in a tree and look like a fool to the whole world, but then by all means, I'll look like a fool to the world. But I'm going to get up in that tree. I'm going to hear what this man has to say. And if it's real, it's going to change my life. And I don't care what you say, you say, your opinion doesn't matter. I'm going to see Jesus. He lost everything he had to see Jesus. He didn't care. Are we willing to lose it for Jesus? I mean, it says that he couldn't get in and he ran. Like running is not what a dignified man would do in this time period. Running in that time period was a sign of desperation. He didn't care. He ran ahead of the crowd, climbed up in the sycamore tree because he wanted to see Jesus. And I don't know how many cool points he had, but every single one of them got left at the bottom of that tree. I mean, come on, people do that all the time, though. When someone meets a celebrity, ah, it's Justin Bieber! Got that Bieber fever! And people just lose it all the time. Oh my goodness, it's President Trump! Ah! Or maybe not, okay. 50% of the room really liked that, 50% was like, I can't relate. There you go. With the political climate in the United States today, 50-50, man. There you go. <clears throat> it was a funny joke to half of you. Awesome. But we do that over celebrities all the time. We just lose it. We don't care. When am I going to get to see Dancing with the Stars again? Ah, pick me, pick me. Right? Like People just go bananas for that stuff. But when it comes to Jesus, man, we want to be all swacked up. We want to be strutting. Just, I've got it together. I've got my problems sorted out. I'm in the house of God today. And that's just not how we approach Jesus. We approach Jesus with some desperation in our voice. We approach Jesus with a posture of humility. I don't have it sorted out. And whatever it's going to cost me, it's going to be worth it. And then some Jesus, here I am. Just take me as you find me, God. 
I'll do whatever it takes just to get a glimpse of who Jesus is. That's the perspective that transforms our life right there. Whatever it takes, I'll do it. I just want to see you, Jesus. So Zacchaeus did whatever it took to see Jesus. But here's the truth. Zacchaeus did whatever it took to see Jesus, but Jesus did whatever it takes to save Zacchaeus. The same tree that Zacchaeus is climbing up, Jesus is like, I'll take that tree and put it on my back and, and die on it. It's profound. We think Zacchaeus is, good job, Zacchaeus. You're climbing a tree. You're losing your dignity. Jesus was crucified naked in front of all mankind. Humiliated. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Look what I've done. I climbed a tree for you. And he's like, yeah, I left heaven, came to earth for you. We think sometimes, that's why we can put in zero confidence in our works or our good deeds or our abilities. Because you start comparing to like the perfect blameless sacrifice of the world compared to, well, I climbed a sycamore tree. Yeah, our desperation is nothing compared to the desperation of heaven to reach us. You might feel like you're, I'm just trying. I'm in church today, Jesus. Hey, and that's awesome. Seriously. Like, pat yourself on the back. Daylight saving times, you're in church. Good job. Like, it's pretty impressive. Not going to lie. It's awesome. But the truth is, God has done so much more than we could ever do. As much as we're trying to get closer to him, he's going so further trying to reach us and making a way. And I love that about this story. No matter what you've done to reach God, God has done more. And that's encouraging to me. That fills me with hope. Because I'm trying my best to love Jesus every single day, even in traffic in the devil hot spot of I-440 in Capitol. All right? Even there, it just fills me with joy that when I don't get it right, that at least God got it right. And that when I fall short, he doesn't. And it fills me with hope. It fills me with confidence. It fills me with peace. That when I don't quite measure up as a good father or a good husband, that I know that his grace is sufficient to cover all of that, and that I'm just a work in progress, not perfect, but just trying to progress every day. It just fills me with hope that he knew all of my failures. And point number three, he still knew my name. Zacchaeus is up in a tree. His level of faith, his level of desperation, he climbs up in that tree, and that level of faith caught God's attention. God's walking by. Jesus, the Son of God, is walking by. He sees a man in the sycamore tree, and it caught his attention. He walked over to him, and he called him by name. How? Well, he's omniscient. He knows everything. Zacchaeus, come down. I've got to go to your house today. Just straight up invited himself to dinner. I love it. Jesus didn't care. Zacchaeus, I know you feel like you don't have a place at the table. I know that you never get invited to a dinner party. But you know what? I'm going to invite myself to your dinner party. Can I show up? Zacchaeus, come down. Jesus knew his name. He didn't say anything. He hadn't answered an altar call. He hadn't even filled out a C3 City Light Connect card. He hadn't done anything. All he did was just climb up in a tree to see Jesus, not to miss him go by. And Jesus already knew his name. So Jesus walks up to him. He got Jesus' attention. And Jesus called out, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I 
think sometimes we think that like meeting God is so elusive and so challenging and so hard. How can I meet God? How can I meet God? And do I have to fast for 40 days? And then I have to wash my hands 10 times. We don't have to do any of that. All we got to do is seek him. The Bible says in James that God rewards those who diligently seek him. As much as you're trying to see God, he wants to see you. You're going to get it right. If you're making effort to seek him and to connect with him, you're gonna, he's, <laughs> he's so gracious and so good. You will find him. You will. And so he's not that elusive. Here's the beautiful thing about God. He's both big and small. He's big enough to be the creator of the universe, but yet he's small enough to know the intricate detail, details of our lives. So yes, he hung the stars, and yes, he set the moon and the sun in place. Yes, although that's true, he's that big. He stands outside of time. He has no beginning and no end. He's just, he is. He's big. But yet he's small enough to know the things I'm struggling with. He's small enough to know the daily rushes that we put ourselves in and the this and I gotta get that and oh man, what are we gonna do about the coronavirus? What are we gonna do? It's the end of the month and we don't quite have enough. What are we gonna do? God is big enough and small enough to meet us where we're at. He knows all the details of your existence. He knew what Zacchaeus was going through. He knew his name. And look how he ministered. I bet he knew. Mm, Zacchaeus is dealing with loneliness. That's where I'm going to meet him at. Hey, Zacchaeus, can I go to your house today? I'd love to hang with you. You would accept me? You would break bread with me? You would wash your hands 10 times and put on a mask and come over because of the Ebola scare and the coronavirus scare? You would come do that and meet with me? Yeah, Zacchaeus, I got to go to your house today. Come down immediately. I'm going to your house. If Jesus found Zacchaeus up in a tree, he can find you wherever you're at today. Wherever you're at today. Jesus, my marriage is struggling and it took all the energy I had to get here. Jesus will meet you there. God, I don't even know if I'm going to have a job tomorrow morning. Jesus will meet you there. God, my teenage kids are going bananas and I don't know what to do. Jesus will meet you there. But Lord, I don't know. It's the end of the month and I don't know. Jesus will meet you there. I'm telling you, wherever you find yourself at the day, Jesus will meet you there. If he can find Zacchaeus in a sycamore tree, he can find you where you're at today. You haven't run too far. You haven't done too much. You haven't gone too far away for Jesus to find you. And all he did was make himself available to see Jesus. And Jesus said, I want to go to your house. He's like, okay, let's go. And then the next part of the verse we see, Jesus, I'm going to give half my possessions away to the poor. God didn't ask for that. He didn't ask for a dime. Just that he has experienced the generosity of God's love. You would eat with me? Oh, I'm not lonely. You would love me. You would accept me. You would bring me in. Oh, I'll give half my stuff away to the poor. And God, look, if... Come on, let's be honest. You know you did it, Zacchaeus. If I've robbed anybody, if I've betrayed anybody and taken too many taxes, I'll give it back to them four times. And Jesus says, surely salvation has come to this house today. All he did was respond to the love of God. So I want to conclude with this. I just want to conclude with this. The whole point of the message 
is that those who appreciate grace the most are those who needed it the most. And the truth is that every single one of us need a whole bunch of grace. None of us are that good to earn God's love. No one is. No one's without sin. No one. Not even one. We all are in need of God's grace. And when we realize that, we really fully come alive and start to appreciate it. I just want you to know Zacchaeus is doing everything he can to fight his way through the line. He runs ahead. He's totally undignified. He climbs up in a tree. He did all he could do in his effort. And then Jesus bypassed the entire line, went straight to him, like going to Disneyland, and you've waited in line for two hours to ride the Magic Kingdom ride or whatever. And Jesus says, hey, I got the fast pass. You don't have to wait in line at all. Grabs you by the hand, takes you to the front of the line, says, come on, ride this ride with me. That's what grace is. Grace is a fast pass. You can't earn it. You can't purchase it. You can't do anything to get it other than just simply receive it by taking Jesus at his word. That's fast pass. We cut the line with Jesus. That's what grace is. It's not about the law. It's not about judgment. It's just Jesus coming into 440, putting his hand up, stopping traffic. Stop, guys. Stop, guys. My boy over here needs to get in, and we're going to let him in right this way. That's what grace does. It gives you a fast pass. So today, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know how you even got to this church, but I want to tell you this right now. Jesus is standing at the door knocking. I love you. I want to give you a fast pass to life. I want to give you a fast pass to eternal life. You don't have to try to wait in line and work for it. I just want to take you to the front of the line and let you in. Grab my hand and walk with me. He's sitting at the door of our heart knocking. And all we've got to do is let them in. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.